This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. It's a PB Season Pass. On Think Radio for November 17th, 2016 with Sam Wells, I'm Jay White. Good Thursday morning to you, Sam. How's it going? How are you? How are we already at November 17th? Yeah, right. It's so, where, where, did the, where did the time go, Jay? Yeah, it's nice and balmy outside, right? Every day. Yeah, it's not going to be that way this weekend. Right. We, uh, I want to do a segment. Tomorrow next. night, right? It's supposed, to be yeah. in, it's supposed to be 30 as a low tomorrow night. It's supposed night. to be cold tomorrow night, and uh, I was thinking about this last night because I saw... Um, uh, WLBT weatherman Dave Roberts having dinner last night where where me and my wife are eating, and uh, we need to do a weather segment for uh, football games next year. Okay, and uh, so we can handle that uh, this weekend in uh, Nashville for the Ole Miss Vandy game is going to be like twenty eight, <laughs> right? <laughs> and in Starkville it's going to be like twenty uh, thirty five. So if you're going to the games around the uh, and in Southern Miss, I'm sure it's going to be pretty cold too, probably around forty. So you better get some hot hands. Right. Because it is going to be cold <laughs> out there, man. I mean, that's the first game where uh, folks are going to have to wear a jacket in this state in maybe maybe about a year. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, this is that time of year. I saw this on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is good for a few so things. It's got to be true. Right. <laughs> but I saw this on Facebook. It's that time of year, and it shows a couple of uh, pictures of dials of your uh, your air conditioner in your car. Uh, and this is 7 a.m. and it's like full blast on the heat. 3 p.m. and it's full blast on the cold. And that is oh, me yeah. every single day right now. So that's that was usually those things are funny, but that one that one hit me uh, straight on. Yeah. All right, so there's plenty to dig into today. We've got some great guests coming up. Uh, Devin Schmidt, um, who is the uh, super scoring guard for uh, Delta State. Uh, broke the school's all-time scoring record uh, last year, uh, th- about three-quarters of the way through his junior season, uh, back for his senior year at Delta State. They're looking to, to make it back to the NCAA tournament, uh, something they haven't done since Schmidt's freshman year. We talked to him a little bit. And uh, one of the, the most interesting things that you'll hear about, uh, and and talked to their coach Jim Boone yesterday also, um, how he wound up at Delta State. Which is, is very yeah. interesting because uh, he's obviously got talent that uh, translates to any level of college basketball. He's an amazing scorer uh, and a big physical guy. He's six four, two twenty, and I think a lot of people. Uh, Coach Boone told me a lot of people project him as kind of like a, a wing. That's how they projected him in, in uh, college basketball. They didn't know if his speed, athleticism, slash defense would be able to keep him. Uh, in the game to guard a lot of fast slashing threes and 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 you know bigger twos, uh, but it's it's worked out for him. Uh, and he's also uh, the best shooter in the state of Mississippi. And, and look, I, he should have won the Howell Trophy last year. Um, and hopefully people will figure out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but uh, he's he should easily be the front runner. This year, and if he's not, look, let's change. Let's make let's make more awards. You know, let's call up C Spire and ask him to make some more awards, and let's have one for 
the three SEC schools and then the award for everybody else. Because if if Devin Schmidt, here come hot take alert, you ready? If, if Devin Schmidt <laughs> graduates from Delta State without having won uh, the Howell Award at least once, then take every school out of it besides, I mean, essentially state and Ole Miss. Um, you know, or get new people to vote one or the other. Because if he can't, if he doesn't win it, the system's broken. Uh, I didn't mean to start with a hot take, but kind of did. Yeah, we 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 can uh, and uh, we can do that. <laughs> so, I want to say uh, before we we get too far into it, uh, Jay. Before I don't, I don't want to miss it at the end of the show. A uh, guy we've had on the program, the guy that you and I know pretty well, uh, played football at Mississippi State, played in the uh, Canadian Football League. Paul Lacoste is having surgery this morning to remove a cancerous. Uh, growth from his kidney today. Yeah, uh, Paul is a, a, a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of, uh, of yours, a good friend of the program. He's been on Mississippi Edition, been on Season Pass many times. Uh, he works with the state legislature with his Fit for Change every year. Uh, and has been doing that, I think, seven years. I think this will be the eighth year. So we, uh, if you're the praying sort, throw one out there for Paul. If you're not, just uh, uh, shoot him some good vibes this morning anyway because uh, he can definitely use some. The guy has been through a lot in his uh, in uh, his. His health uh, deal with uh, some stuff with uh, with uh, what's the, the 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 flu where you get bit by the mosquito West Nile West Nile virus yeah, yeah. so uh, so he and he's been through that and then of course this popped up too so we're thinking about him today and we want everybody in the state to uh, to shoot him some good thoughts this morning as he's having that that surgery today at St Dominic's here in the Jackson Metro area yeah absolutely he's helped a, a whole bunch of people um, he's I mean look this. Uh, so once once in a kind kind of guy, he brought politicians together. Yeah. Uh, Republicans uh, and Democrats united under the health initiative, and uh, hey, he got him up at <laughs> five in the morning to get him to work out together too. So that's, that's right. Wild. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, politics goes out the window when you're laying on the ground feeling like you're going to die. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. When you run, when you have to run the mile and you don't know if you can get to the end of it, it's pretty uh, it's pretty rough. But uh, yeah, I was out there this morning with uh, with some of those folks uh, doing a little running. And working out today, so we're definitely thinking about him today. So if you, uh, if anybody uh, is uh, is listening, like I said, send him, uh, send him the good, the good vibes uh, today. Along with uh, Devin Schmidt from Delta State, we'll have Ben Howland. He'll be up first here in about ten minutes or so. The head basketball coach at Mississippi State, entering his second season, highly touted season, uh, top ten recruiting class. Uh, I think depending on what recruiting rankings you look at, they logged or landed seven top one hundred recruits. A pretty amazing haul. Uh, and his reputation, uh, you know, where he's won and, I mean, multiple Final Fours and all the things he's done, obviously his reputation uh, precedes him when he walks into a recruit's house and he's he's done some instant damage on the recruiting trail. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about what to expect from Mississippi State and what to expect from Ole Miss a little bit later. Uh, but uh, Bailey Howell coming up and uh, Steve Knight, uh, we're hoping to get on about 1040, you mean, 1045. Uh, you mean uh, Ben Howland? If we had Bailey Howell, I'd be like, whoa. Oh, yeah, Ben Howell, not <laughs> Bailey Howell. I was looking at that, the the Bailey Howell Award thing earlier, so, yeah, sidetracked. Shiny things is nah, what nah. some you're, people you're, call you're, me. Uh, you're <laughs> so, yeah, and then uh, Steve Knight, the head basketball coach, we're hoping to have on about 1045. Head basketball coach at William Carey. Yeah. Uh, the Crusaders um, are 10th in the preseason NAIA Top 25. Uh, so, and they've made a, a handful of deep runs in the tournament. He's been there. I think this is his... I want to say it's 35th, 36th season uh, on the campus there in Hattiesburg. And uh, uh, just an amazing coach, former 
uh, minor league pitcher in the Mariners system. How about yeah, I was that? Say, I was going to say, you, uh, you uh, surprised me with that little tidbit earlier yeah, in this week. 1980, he led his team in saves. Was a pretty good pitcher. I think he had a career minor league ERA of about 335. Uh, so not bad. That's yeah, all right. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, you said Bailey Howell. I was like, man, we got to clean up in here. I didn't know if Bailey Howell's coming in. We got to get this. You know, I should have wore better clothes today. Though. Right. I should have wore a suit. You're right. Bailey Howell's coming in. All right. So uh, let's dig into the minutes while we've got a, a, a few of those minutes here before the end of our first segment. All right, Sam. Will any teams from Mississippi make the men's or women's NCAA tournaments this year? I think you'll get uh, one. Uh, possibly two from the men, and uh, definitely one from uh, uh, for the women. Mississippi State will definitely make it. Yeah, uh, for the women. Uh, Ole Miss is quietly building a little bit of a resume too, up in the northern part of, uh, of the state, with a little bit of uh, they've done pretty well on the recruiting trail lately, uh, and uh, you know they've been hit pretty hard with sanctions. But uh, I think that team might, and program might be coming up here pretty soon. But um, yeah. I think definitely uh, two men's teams. State, I think, uh, has a pretty good shot to get in if these uh, players can all gel together. And then, of course, uh, one of the SWAC schools might win the league. So, I think Jackson State is probably one of uh, two or three front runners in the SWAC. Uh, you got to consider Texas Southern, I think, as the, the elite team in that league. But JSU uh, returns basically all but one of their uh, main performers from a team last year that won 22-23 games, won their first postseason game since 19, uh, I think it was 90, uh, 91, something like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, they could very easily get in. I think Mississippi State or Ole Miss will be in the picture at the end of the season, maybe both, uh, but it may be one of those seasons like Andy Kennedy has done so many times before, where they're sitting, you know, 20, 21 wins. They're going to win 20 games, you know that. At the end of the season, and they're right on the cut line. And Mississippi State may be the same this year. I've seen so much, so many different predictions. Everything has told me, the magazines I've looked at, has said Ole Miss is going to be in the middle of the league. Seventh or eighth is where I've seen them predicted at 14th. Uh, Mississippi State, I've seen them predict 13th in the conference. Uh, and then I've seen them, like USA Today, pick them to go to the tournament as an 11 seed in their first bracketology before the season started. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing with that. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, very interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. You mentioned Mississippi State. They have, they have a chance to to play for home games and maybe be a one seed, depending on how this year works out. Yeah, and in the, in the women's tournament. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they've, you know, they've got Victoria Vivians. They've got, uh, uh, they've got uh, Schaefer so, <laughs> as their coach still. So I don't see them being, uh, being terrible in the SEC. And it'll be South Carolina and uh, and them at the top again with Tennessee, I'm sure. And uh, and maybe, like I said, maybe that Ole Miss team will get out of get something going. Uh, yeah. Finished last last year, so you don't want that again. Who are some players to watch for the Bailey Howell and Peggy Gillum Awards? Uh, you mentioned Vivian's. I think she's going to be uh, hands down for that one. I would think. Yeah, she's she's going to get you know 99 percent of the of the the coverage with regard to that award there. Um, but it doesn't mean that there won't be some uh, some contenders also for that. For the Bailey Howell, it's very interesting, I think. Yeah, yeah. Weatherspoon obviously is one that you could definitely look yeah. at. Um, Rashid Brooks is a very talented guard at Ole Miss, I think, that you could look at. Maybe a Sebastian Saez. Devin Schmidt obviously is going to be in the middle of it. So, I think Saez, man. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping he has a big season. You know, we saw... You and I watched the, the the first game, the opening night at the Pavilion. He had a humongous night. I think he went twenty twenty that night. Yeah. Um, uh, the other night against UMass, I think he went twenty one nineteen or twenty two nineteen, something had the like game that. Tip in too. Eight offensive rebounds in that game. Man, when that guy is focused, has his head on straight, 
he is pretty amazing. Um, and uh, hopefully he can have a big season. Um, very interesting. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Quindary Weatherspoon, I think, is also a guy to watch. Uh, Paris Collins is a uh, sharp shooting guard for Jackson State. Yeah, uh, who who looks who, who may be healthy this year. And then Marcus Romain is another scorer. He plays for uh, Valley. I think he averaged 17 points a game last year. The problem is, is that is the fact that you know Valley even more so than Jackson State that they have to go through this murderous non-conference schedule uh, to pay for their athletic department. Uh, is that going to disqualify him ultimately? So. Yeah. All right, so those are, for that matter, who's going to win the Connerly, Sam? I haven't heard any talk about this at all, and it's largely because you know our teams are uh, our teams are are, are paddling their canoes sideways this year for the most part. But uh, I, what know, do you do? I think it was pretty obvious until uh, the third quarter of the Georgia Southern game. I think Chad Kelly was going to win it uh, for Ole Miss with all the records and things he was setting uh, in Oxford, but he's hurt now. So does he right? still win anyway? Is, does Ole Miss still nominate him? I don't. I didn't even see who they put up for nomination this week. Uh, Fred Ross is up for it at Mississippi State, and I would have given him a pretty legitimate shot at winning it until uh, Drop Fest 2016 on Saturday in, uh, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that I don't. I, do the schools nominate the player? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 a tragic misstep. So yeah. that's Fitzgerald, man. Yeah, Fitzgerald's I, the best player on that team. Yeah, he is. And like I said, uh, it, it was painfully obvious he was Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and Oof. then even with even Sammy Fitzgerald was like, I oh, was like ten of thirty three in that game. Yeah, but anyway, a good a good a good uh, five to seven of those incompletions were drop passes. True, uh, by uh, by some of his receivers, namely can, a three from Fred Ross. I can think of off the top of my head. So yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's completely. I mean, Mullins got hurt also. Yeah, he didn't play last week. Edo Smith may be the guy. Yeah, kind of by default, and yeah. I don't. That's not to bag on Edo Smith. He's been amazing at Southern Miss over these last handful of years. But yeah, Marcus Haynes at Ole Miss too, maybe. Yeah, I mean he's had a legitimate. Se- he's had a great season, and also rumblings that he will return next year, which is wild to me. But how about that? We'll see. Uh, can Shea Patterson lead Ole Miss to a seven and five season? And your th- I'll, I'll default to you, Sam. I'll stay out of the way here, <laughs> so you can answer that, and then tell me what you think about. Shea Patterson's first game as a Rebel. Well, it was it was, it was very exciting, uh, to say the least. Uh, the the kid looks like uh, Johnny Manziel the way he carries the football running around. Uh, that's the only comparison with him I'll I'll give away um, because that's obviously a pretty high praise there, and a lot of Ole Miss people were saying, "Oh, he looks like Archie Manning," which is awfully you know. Come on now, let's not do that. In the kid's first game. I mean, I that he, that touchdown throw he ran to back. his right to the sideline, then mm-hmm. cut back to his left and threw the touchdown. That looked like Archie Manning. Manning, man, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And they were like, "Oh, it's the Manziel touchdown." I'm like, "You totally missed the obvious, the obvious yeah. comp yeah. for an Ole Miss quarterback." Well, but that's what it looked like. It was Brent Musburger, so you got to. I understand what you're saying. I mean, there. I mean, look, he's played one game. He's not. He's not Archie Manning. But yeah, he he's not close. Not yet. But he anyway, can definitely take Ole Miss to a seven and five season. I mean, Vanderbilt looked putrid against the Missouri Tigers on Saturday. Ole Miss's problem right now is the injuries up front. Uh, Rawlings may be out for the uh, for the game against Vandy. Um, Conyers, who has given his entire body, literally every ligament he has, has been torn playing offensive line for Ole Miss. Uh, and Rod Taylor is probably going to be out too against uh, Vanderbilt, although he did practice earlier this week. So it's a good thing that old Shea Patterson looks like Archie Manning and can run because he's going to be doing <laughs> a lot of it in the next couple of weeks, I think. But uh, yeah, I see no reason why they couldn't beat a Vanderbilt team that's one and six in the SEC and a Mississippi State team at home who's four and six overall. Yeah. I mean that A and M game kind of un- that was the key that unlocked it for him. But yeah, yeah I mean, he he. I thought he showed a lot of poise in the first half, even though I don't think he was on track. He didn't find a rhythm in the second half. He got on track. 
especially in that fourth quarter, and they took yeah. off. Speaking from of there. drop balls, Ole Miss was dropping a bunch of passes till that fourth quarter too. Yeah, uh, that's true. Him, so. I did notice that. But man, um, in that first half, he was running for his life a bunch. Yeah, and that's another thing me and you talked about in the uh, halls up here on Monday when we got to work is that. Uh, Everybody kind of stopped standing around waiting for Chad Kelly to make a play and started actually doing some stuff for <laughs> Ole Miss uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Second half, they only allow one touchdown, uh, which is, you know, mind-blown after the yeah. putrid season they've had. That's twice I've used that word during uh, during this conversation. Uh, but, yeah. That's your crutch. Sure. He can definitely do that against, <laughs> a, against a fairly weak uh, end-of-the-season schedule. But Ole Miss, of course, is 5-5, five and five, so no no stones being cast uh at glass houses here that's right vanderbilt's got a great defense so that'll be tough uh but um that'll be interesting to see vanderbilt can't score points either so that, that's a, a fun matchup and Ole Miss has uh, not been able to stop people from scoring points so right. we'll see if, <laughs> what ben what what uh what will happen when the two worlds collide all right uh we'll take a break later on in the show uh the mhsaa uh released their reclassification uh not numbers they released that a couple weeks ago but they have reclassified um, their, or they've reshuffled their classifications. And some teams are moving up, some teams are moving down. Some very interesting happenings there. Not everything totally um, uh, surprising if you looked at those numbers a few weeks ago, but we could talk about that. Uh, and maybe some of the rivalries that are set up uh, moving forward. We talk about that toward the end. Coming up next, Ben Howland, uh, Mississippi State basketball coach. Bulldogs uh, uh, off to a, uh, a, a fast start this season. And, uh, yeah, 2-0 on the season and play this afternoon, actually, I think, in a basketball tournament in Charleston. So uh, that'll be uh, fun to watch and cut your afternoon short, maybe, and get off work and listen to some basketball or at least use it as an excuse to get off work. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back with Ben Howland, Mississippi State head basketball coach. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. You can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, we preview the 2017 legislative session. Lawmakers will soon get back to work at the state capitol. Education, infrastructure, and the budget are expected to be at the top of the agenda. MPB political analysts Democrat Brandon Jones and Republican Austin Barber provide insight on the critical issues facing the state and how legislators handle them. Join us for Mississippi's only statewide television news program at issue this Friday at 7.30 p.m. on MPB-TV. Support for MPB comes from the Christmas by Candlelight Tour, December 2nd, with holiday decorations and entertainment at six historic Jackson sites starting at the Mississippi State Capitol. Complimentary transportation between sites available. Details at mdah.ms.gov. Hey, y'all, it's Felder Rushing. I'm the Gestalt Gardener, and I am so pleased to join y'all every week talking about gardening. You know, you don't have to be anybody or join anything to be part of this party. All we're going to do is talk about gardening and garden-related stuff and maybe a little psychology working in at the same time. Let's have a lot of fun on the Gestalt Gardener. Fridays at 9 and Saturdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. MPB Radio's local programs are available now as podcasts. Sure, you love your MPB mobile app. It streams your favorite program anytime you like. But when streaming's not the thing, say, in flight or driving on the Natchez Trace, download your favorite podcast and you've got it in your pocket. Available on iTunes or on any podcast app. Grab your local MPB podcast now. 
This is MPB Think Radio. Well, we're enjoying your program so much. Always do. I love your show. It's great. Hi, how are you? I'm loving your program. It hit me right in the face. MPB Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back to MPB's Season Pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White with Sam Wells, and now with us the head basketball coach at Mississippi State, Ben Howland. Coach, uh, good morning, and thank you for your time. How are you? Jay, I'm great. Great to be with you. Oh, well, we appreciate you uh, putting aside some time to uh, speak with us about this uh, 2016-2017 Mississippi State basketball team. There's been a lot of excitement around the program. You, you've brought in this amazing recruiting class, and now you've got this thing where you've got to meld all of these freshmen and sophomores together that are playing a majority of your minutes. How's that been in the time leading up to the beginning of the season here? Well, we had a great summer, first of all, which I think has really helped us uh, make the transition. We went to Italy as a team, and when you get to do that, you get to practice 10 practices before you go. It's been great for our team chemistry, great from the camaraderie standpoint. Uh, so that was a great experience, and uh, I think it's a help. But, you know, we're very young, incredibly young. We're the fourth youngest team in America. So we're playing, you know, majority of our minutes are, are going to freshmen. We have, uh, you know, a couple sophomores, Q Weatherspoon and Eric Holman, both starters for us, uh, are, are two are our top players. And then I.J. Reddy's a senior. Everybody else is a freshman. You, you mentioned how last year there might have been some, uh, I, I guess, some chemistry problems with the team. With so many new pieces to the puzzle this year, how do you keep that from becoming an issue again? Well, you know, last year you had a mixture of uh, players that were going to be seniors that had been at Mississippi State for three years and really want to have great senior years so they could get themselves a chance to be pros and go on and, and you know, follow that dream. And then uh, it, it, we had some freshmen coming in that were highly touted, and I, it, it just was a, a tough transition. I mean, I didn't think that, uh, that everybody was on the same page. That's why I thought this summer helped a lot. I think where everybody's on the same page, all pulling the same direction, all one unit. And, uh, you know, so that, that's been really key for us, I think. And it's going to be key all year long. You know, we're going to have a year where we're playing against another team that's always got more veteran leadership in terms of, you know, experience. And uh, we have to make up for that with our enthusiasm, our hard work, our determination. You know, these guys, uh, you know, they had fun in their first game, but it's uh, it's exciting. We've seen in the last 10 years or so in college basketball where the one-and-done atmosphere has really allowed a lot of, you know, mid-major schools who have had rosters that have had a lot of time and experience and chemistry guys together built up, and, and, and they've seen a lot of success against high majors. What makes those guys more successful than the, maybe the younger players that are more highly touted? Well, it's just experience. I mean, it's just like anybody. You know, as you get one or two years under your belt, and you know what to expect. Uh, you know, in my experience, Jay, the most improvement a player makes is between their freshman and sophomore year. Because yeah. after their freshman year, going through that whole year as freshman, they really get it. Then they start to see, oh, now, you know, <laughs> I know what I'm in for and I know what it takes. And, uh, you know, I saw Russell Westbrook just go from being – you know, a really good freshman to being you know, one of the best players in the country, the fourth pick in the draft, you know, in one year. 
Now, there's no question that uh, the parity in college basketball is what makes our game so great. And you'll have older teams, teams that uh, have been together three, four years, fifth-year seniors, you know, guys that have been around that really know each other. Uh, you know, they're hard to beat. They're hard to play against. When you get teams that are really experienced at the high major level, programs that have juniors and seniors at a high major, you can get something special. We're speaking with Ben Hallen, the head basketball coach at Mississippi State University. Quindary Weatherspoon just had a really solid year, and he looked really smooth. Uh, you know, it, you've got to be excited. I know 22 points in the first game to lead your team, and it's got to be exciting for you that out of that team last year, you had a, uh, a guy that really came forward and became the go-to guy for your team. Q really grew as the year progressed. You know, he's a kid that came in with not the high expectations and just worked his tail off. And uh, by the time we got to conference play, he was our leading scorer in conference at 14.6 points per game. He was our second leading rebounder. He led us in minutes played. I mean, he had a terrific year and really uh, became a very good defender. You know, this fall, he's been fighting, you know, some nagging little injuries. He's had a problem with a toe uh, about a week and a half ago. He sprained his LCL. Mm. in his leg, and that affected him the other night, but he's coming back off of that. He's just very tough, very hard-nosed, very skilled, and uh, a great competitor. And, uh, you know, so I'm really excited about Q and his future. I think he's going to have a good year. Out of all of the freshmen that you brought in, who are some of the guys that you think will make most likely the biggest immediate impact this season? Well, Mario Kegler will definitely be a very important piece. He had a very good game for us in the exhibition game. He made the two free throws that uh, clinched the game for us the other night against Norfolk State. Uh, he's going to you know, be play a very important role, and he's just a freshman. Tyson Carter uh, in our opener had 17 points, which was the second-best uh, outfit in terms of points for any freshman in the history of Mississippi State basketball. Uh, I think our, our, our big kids, you know, uh, Schneider Rod's going to play an important role. He's going to get a lot of minutes and an opportunity to grow. E.J. Datcher had seven rebounds in our first outing. Eli Wright is going to play a lot of minutes. A wing, a lefty who uh, it, it can really shoot the ball and uh, has the ability, I think, to be a very, very good defensive player. You know, Lamar Peters played for us, and, and we, we hope that he's going to be able to come on and give us good minutes off the bench. Uh, and we're still hoping uh, that Abdul Du will be able to play some minutes for us, not knowing that until today, actually. We'll find out sometime later today what his fate is in terms of his eligibility. The SEC has really tried to take a step forward in how the league collectively schedule more strategically to build the league's RPI as a whole. What is your idea about how you put your schedule together and what you're looking for, and, and how do you balance that with the youth that you have on your roster? Well, you know, with this young team, I wish we weren't going on the road for our second, third, and fourth game right away. I'd like to get a few more home games under our belt. And, and you know, you, you brought up a very good point, Jay, that the new RPI rules in the SEC make it tougher for every team. Uh, you know, for example, the team we played the other night, Norfolk State, did not have a freshman or a sophomore mm. in their program. They had a number of fifth-year and fourth-year players, had that experience, and that's why they were a really good opponent. They had a couple of good players, you know, guards in particular, really know how to play. 
and we'll see that in Central Florida in our next game. They're starting two fifth-year seniors and two fourth-year juniors, and we're playing, you know, predominantly freshmen with two sophomores and a senior sprinkled in. And so uh, it, it goes year to year, but bottom line is we're scheduling to get ourselves ready for the SEC. You know, this tournament we're in, we'll open up for Central Florida, and like you said, either play Boise State or Charleston, and then on the other side is Villanova, the defending national champions, who just beat Purdue on the road last night. Wake Forest, who's got a very good program, led by Danny Manning. UTEP with Tim Floyd, uh, one of our own, who's a good friend of mine right here from Mississippi originally. And then Western Michigan. We're playing Georgia State. I tell you, last night, Georgia State and Auburn were in a very close game. Georgia State is good. Ron Hunter is a heck of a coach. We're playing Lehigh the day after Thanksgiving, they just lost to Xavier by three and led for a good part of that game at Xavier, who's a top-ten team. So we've got our, our work cut out for us with this young team and this schedule, and you're required to do that to be under a certain level in the RPI. This year it's 175. Next year it's 150. If you don't meet that level, your school is fined a quarter of a million dollars. So – how hard is that to do? Important. Because I mean, a lot of I mean, a lot of the RPI is determined by, you know, how teams win and lose during the season. How? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain <laughs> it to you. It's based on their previous three years' RPI ah. going into that season. Ah, very interesting. We certainly do appreciate your time this morning, and I know, you know fans are extremely excited about what uh, I mean. This top ten recruiting class can do and. And over the next few years, they're very excited about uh, watching Mississippi State basketball again. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, well, we're, we're really excited, Jay. Thank you so much. Ben Allen with Mississippi State. For all the, for all the, uh, the Ole Miss, Southern Miss fans out there, we are reaching out to those coaches as well. Uh, Andy Kennedy's actually in the Virgin Islands. Not so bad. Couldn't get him. Got to work. That, uh, that, dog, that dog will hunt since uh, they talked about deer season earlier in, uh, on Creature Comforts. We'll be back, Devin Schmidt, and we'll also get Ben Hallen's thoughts on Devin Schmidt. It's MPB's Season Pass with Jay White and me, Sam Wells. Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org. What would it take to actually build a wall on the U.S.-Mexico border? Some construction and concrete firms are crunching the numbers, and at least one man thinks he's up to the task. Yeah, I think I can do it. I'm Robert Siegel. Our Planet Money team reports on the feasibility of fulfilling this Trump campaign pledge later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. 
Hey, y'all, it's Felder Rushing. I'm the Gestalt Gardener, and I am so pleased to join y'all every week talking about gardening. You know, you don't have to be anybody or join anything to be part of this party. All we're going to do is talk about gardening and garden-related stuff and maybe a little psychology working in at the same time. Let's have a lot of fun on the Gestalt Gardener. Fridays at 9 and Saturdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, we preview the 2017 legislative session. Lawmakers will soon get back to work at the state capitol. Education, infrastructure, and the budget are expected to be at the top of the agenda. MPB political analysts Democrat Brandon Jones and Republican Austin Barber provide insight on the critical issues facing the state and how legislators handle them. Join us for Mississippi's only statewide television news program, At Issue, this Friday at 7.30 p.m. on MPB TV. This is MPB Think Radio. Thank you for having a great program. You guys are doing a great job, man, enjoying the show. Wow, it's such an insightful program. MPB Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back. This is MPD's Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Yesterday, I got a chance to speak with Devin Schmidt, uh, the uh, high-scoring guard from Delta State, entering his senior season. Already, the league's all-time, excuse me, the team's all-time leading scorer. And, and starting, that they missed the NCAA by about one game last year, what Coach uh, Jim Boone was saying. And uh, probably should have made it anyway, if not for some other things that happened. But I asked Devin, what are the goals for this team this year? Just the feeling, really. I mean, we were sitting there watching last year, waiting to see if we got picked to go, and obviously we didn't get picked, but and kind of just like looking around the room, I was like a little bit discouraged, you know. So, I mean, it kind of just made me want to go, our team just go hard this summer, and we've been going hard since we got here. So I really just feel like just putting the work in every day has been a big factor in that. In your time at Delta State, uh, you guys have played a handful of exhibitions against SEC schools, Ole Miss and Mississippi State a couple years ago, Arkansas last year, MSU again this year. I know that's had to be a lot of fun for you because uh, there's no doubt you have Division One talent. Those games have, have had to be specifically meaningful for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those have been a blessing. I'm glad we got those set up, but those have definitely been out there, yeah. You know, last year you broke the school's all-time scoring record halfway through your junior season. So outside of the team accomplishments that you guys are trying to set out to do this year, what did you say to yourself that you wanted to, what did you want to accomplish as an individual for this coming season? Really just learn how to lead the team. That's coach has been preaching, beating into my head. Just you need to learn how to lead as a person on and off the court. So I've been really just been working on that. And like coaches said, like come in every day, be your best you can be every day. It's like that's the goal. Like not just the numbers part, but just as a whole as a team, just to win. Like you just reach the Sweet Sixteen, reach the Elite Eight, reach the reach the tournament is really just the goal of ours and mine. So you know, let me ask you about how you landed at Delta State again. We mentioned a minute ago. Obviously, you have talent to be on just about any team at any level playing college basketball. A little bit about how you wound up in Cleveland and wound up at Delta State. I was doing a camp at the University of Chattanooga, UTC, and Coach's son, Jimmy, which is one of our coaches here, he was there, and he kind of noticed me playing. 
And I talked to him after a game. And then that night he called me back or called me again and was talking to me. And then they kind of just followed me from there on out through the summer of high school, a training camp or whatever you call it. And then the AAU, pretty much all of my tournaments, they were there at the front row watching me play. So it kind of just felt like they're really interested, you know, and they always kept up with me. So that really, that's how I really landed in Cleveland. And I took the visit, and I ended up just liking it, and now I love it. So now I'm here. I've heard a lot of people uh, say, you know, shooters have this mentality where it's shoot till you miss, shoot till you make. Uh, so how, how does that play out for you? Obviously, you're the guy that they lean on offensively. How do you approach that on the floor? Yeah, it's just really, I know that night in, night out, the other team's going to be trying to stop me with whatever whatever they decide to do. So I really just kind of work off that. If they give me the shot, then I'm taking the shot. Or if I see something, I can make a play just literally trying to make a play on whatever I see is coming up or try to notice things before they notice them or see what kind of see how they're playing. That's really it, just playing the defense and working to get guys open. What do you think the future is for you, and, and how have you been preparing uh, along with what you want to do you know, with the team and uh, statistically uh, for this team? What are you preparing to do to, to keep going and playing after uh, your career at Delta State comes to a close? Yeah, I definitely want to <laughs> – Keep playing for sure. I I love the game of basketball. I know I'm a senior now, and it's came by pretty fast. I mean, but I definitely want to play after for sure somewhere, so, do something with basketball. So I've been working. Work. I stayed here this summer for about um, two months, I think, almost the whole summer to work out and just work on my game. So I feel like that was a big part of me get, getting to where I am right now. And now just coming in and practice every day, working for – for this season and working for after because I know this season's going to fly by and then you know look back and see where like where to go so definitely <laughs> going to try to play after some do something what do you think the ceiling is for this Delta State basketball team in 2016-17 uh, I feel like the sky's the limit for us the two games we played this past weekend the first one was really tough and then that second one we were down and looked up and it, the lead just kept going to 12 15 17 and then We've, there's a spark. I don't know really what sparked it, but we just kind of we find a groove, and I feel like if we can play like that the last ten minutes of the game, how we played every game, will be really tough to beat in our conference and then in postseason play. So I feel like the sky's the limit for us. It's just all about how what we do to put in the work, and if we buy into the process of what coach is teaching and preaching every day. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. The election is over, and the nation has a new president, Donald Trump, and a new chapter in history has begun. We don't know what lies ahead, but NPR will keep bringing you the best coverage from coast to coast to help you make sense of it all. So listen every day. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on uh, this Thursday morning, November the 17th. And in just a moment, we'll have uh, Steve Knight, head coach uh, of the William Carey Crusaders, uh, coaching in his uh, 35th season. How about that? Uh, trying to go for their fourth, fifth consecutive 20-win season. Uh, they've had uh, a remarkable run 
uh, of success over these many years. A uh, handful of years ago, 2014, uh, 28 win season, 28-3, and made the NAIA tournament. They are uh, in their, uh, they're in the top 10, right, uh, ranked top 10 preseason in the NAIA uh, preseason poll. Uh, and part of it, look, I mean, Tracy English, he's the, the, the women's coach at Cary. He's in his 29th season, and uh, he's uh, right there by Coach Knight every game. So they got a lot of uh, a lot of experience and wisdom on that bench right there going into each game. So uh, uh, we're uh, uh, attempting to get a, a, a hold of Coach Knight to have him on here. Uh, in lieu of that, uh, I will mention to you some games that we have coming up. The MHSAA is in their quarterfinal round of the playoffs. Final eight in each classification. Starting today, starting this afternoon, actually, the MAIS will uh, begin the presentation of their football championships for the 2016 season. Uh, Some good games on tap there. Uh, I believe the games today are at Raider Field at Jackson Academy. Uh, in North Jackson, the games tomorrow are at uh, um, uh, totally just lost it. Uh, they're at Mississippi College, uh, so that uh, they'll be at the stadium there. And then these quarterfinal games in public school got some matchups this week, including uh, Warren Central and Clinton, a rematch there. Pearl and Meridian is a very interesting rematch. And these these matchups, I mean, those these are tough matchups for. Both sides of this. Pearl may be the hottest team in the state of Mississippi. I really don't think there's any doubt about it. They're the hottest football team in high school football, uh, at least in 6A. And they take on a Meridian team, uh, the team that they kind of began their turnaround with. Uh, the, that's a team that kind of signaled their turnaround. I think it was a 34-13 win early in the season. A week after, they took a two-touchdown home loss to pedal. And um, they turn around, and I think they ha- they haven't lost a game since. I think they won nine in a row since then. West Point and Oxford play. Uh, Laurel and Hattiesburg play. That's going to be a-, a huge game. Picayune and Wayne County, a battle of two teams that want to look like football teams in our, uh, Alabama. Uh, Pontotoc and Knoxville County play a big game. You got Eastside and Charleston. Again, uh, that Cleveland Eastside High School is consolidating with Cleveland High. And... Uh, the next game they lose is the last game they play as a high school, uh, a long-time high school. So that's very interesting. Also, Bassfield in the same boat with that regard. But they're trying to win their fifth consecutive uh, 2A state championship. Uh, and Hazel Hurst and Raleigh, uh, another big game. Sam, I think we've got uh, Coach Steve Knight now. That's correct. We do. All right, let's go to him uh, on the phones now, the head basketball coach at William Carey. Uh, entering uh, his, um, I think, what, 35th or either 36th season. And uh, William Carey, uh, number 10 in the NAIA preseason top 25 poll. Coach, thanks for your time. How are you? I'm great. Great. Uh, getting ready for another game this evening. Well, tell me how. Headed, headed down to New Orleans. There you go. There you go. Uh, tell me first, uh, in the NAIA, how are you building your roster? In other words, how do you identify talent? Because you got, um, you've got a, a lot of contemporaries around you, and then at the same time, I'm sure the the better the player is, you're looking at the the. You also have to consider some of the uh, the divisions above you. Those guys may be looking at the same players. So how how do you balance that and uh, build your roster at the same time? 
Well, you're absolutely right. And we, we've known for, for many years now that in order for us to be successful, we have to have, you know, two or three or even four low Division One to mid-Division One caliber players. And those are hard to find. And, and what we've done, I've tried it, I think, every way you can imagine. I, you know, as you mentioned, I've been here a long time. What we're doing now we're really rebuilding on a two-year cycle through the JUCOs. Our, our Mississippi JUCOs, the, the Southern Alabama JUCOs, just have fantastic talent. And we have found it very, very difficult to to get the, the really, really good high school players straight out of high school. Yeah. We have a much better opportunity to get them after two years of JUCO. And, and so that's the way we've done it. It's harder as far as us having to rebuild every two years, but I think it, it increases our overall talent level doing it this way. Steve Knight, head basketball coach at William Carey. I noticed, you know, there was a couple of years ago uh, that uh, you had a, a bunch of guys from uh, Jones County or Pearl River both, and, and you know, you could do a whole lot worse, uh, especially that, that Jones County <laughs> team and, and the way that they've played the last right. few years. But Pearl River also, I mean, you could do a whole lot worse than having to, uh, you know, having, having to be able to pick through those rosters. That's true. I mean, great, great basketball here in South Mississippi. And then you throw in Gulf Coast. Um, you know, we got a couple players off their team from last year. So, you know, and those coaches, uh, you know, they know what they're doing. And through the years, they've been great coaches in and out. And, you know, Bob Weathers started down at Gulf Coast. His son Wendell's there now. And Richard Mathis at Pearl River. And he retired. And Chris Roney's taking over. And, you know, several coaches at Jones. And, and uh, Mr. Lockhart, Rames doing a great job right now trying to rebuild that program and get it back to national. So, uh, you know, we have a JV program, and, and what that allows us to do, we play a junior college schedule. So we actually have these teams come into our gym, and then we go down and play them. gives us a, a good opportunity to have them on campus and see what it's, uh, what it's all about at Cary. Absolutely, and uh, not a bad uh, um, scouting tool either. I would imagine. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we get we get our eyeballs on is a lot of good players, um, you know. And we've got a total of sixty basketball players in our program, and twenty of them are varsity, and the rest JV. So we've got a lot of kids on campus that are interested in playing basketball, and our program is, you know, has really been last six seven years been really really good you know top 25 team and um you know we're we're there right now in the preseason pretty much based on what we did last year i think because we lost four starters but um you know we we in the long run i think may have a better team than we did last year tell me about tracy english uh you know he's been with you there uh in 29th season uh, as part of the staff there, and uh, even Eric Bird. I mean, he's he spent uh, half a decade there, but that's that's a lot of time that you guys have built together. There, there's got to be a lot of trust there, both in recruiting and what you guys can do, and 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 allow and trust the other guy to do on the bench there during the game. Oh, without question. And and I've had uh, I've had a lot of good good guys come through that have moved on to other other programs. But Tracy and I, I coached Tracy. Tracy was on my very first two teams in 82 and 83 and and then he has been with me every year but one since 1980 80. i came in as a ga I, tracy was at, at william Carey, so 
you know, we're, we're, we're best friends. We, we know one another and he gives good advice. And of course, Eric played for me as well. And Eric is the kind of guy, he's sort of like a D one uh, DBO. Eric's the guy who gets all the grunt work done for us. You know, the, the lodging, the meals, the study halls, uh, you know, class schedules, getting all of those arranged with advisors. He, he's that guy. And, and does a great job with that. And I think Eric has, uh, he told me, I think he has four degrees. So <laughs> he's, he can do it. <laughs> well, let me, before we let you go, and I've got, I've got about a minute and a half here, you've got to tell me about your minor league pitching career, man, uh, and, and why did you give it up? You were a good pitcher, led your team in saves the second year, had a sub-three ERA your first year. What what led to you? Uh, of course, I, I think you may have made the right call there, but uh, – <laughs> Why did you give it up after a couple of good seasons there? Well, well, what happened was at that time the Mariners did not have a double-A team. I was there in 79 in San Jose and had a, had a really good year. I was told they were going to move me to double-A uh, the next year when they started double-A. Well, we came out of spring training, and I didn't get moved up. Went back to San Jose, and my roommate that year was Bud Black. Right. You know, was a good buddy of mine, and just got him another – New manager of the Rockies, and, and yeah. Big, so, uh, you know, so we're sitting there, and so out of spring training, they told Bud and I both said, look, just go down. We've we <laughs> got a numbers issue. If you start off well, you're going to be the first two to get called up. And so I started off the season. In my first six appearances, I was 3-0 and and had three saves. Then another guy got called up. <laughs> so I said, well, let me look at this thing. Obviously, I sort of saw the handwriting on the wall, and uh, I had just gotten married. I said, you know, it's time to get on with my life. And after that year, I gave it. I wasn't going to quit in the middle of the year for sure. Not going to do that. And, uh, you know, went to carry, got my uh, master's degree, and started coaching basketball. I actually coached both sports at Kerry for a while. Basketball and baseball just became too much. But uh, basketball is what I really, really like as far as a head coach. Uh, I think the the basketball coach has a little bit more say so on strategies and maneuverability of players in and out substitutions than uh, baseball per se. Baseball, you know, you sit there, you throw a guy out there that can throw it about 98 um, and and hit his spots, then you got a good chance you're going to win a game. <laughs> hey, coach, man, we certainly do appreciate <laughs> it, and uh, we look forward to seeing the Crusaders rack up some wins this season. Thanks for coming on with us. Hey, anytime. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. That's going to do it for us. For Sam Wells, I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll see you next week. 